Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Big plays. Big plays from Alfie Mumford. Magic. Ah. And I've been recording so far, so if anyone wants to see my magic tricks, subscribe to the YouTube channel. No, I'm joking. Is that, is that why we're opening? No, we're not, but maybe. Oh, shit, my water's at 85 degrees. I've got to brew my coffee. Should we just start the podcast from here? Is my audio okay? Yeah, your audio's fine. I need to make sure I'm not speaking too loud. I've noticed that I speak really loudly on these because of my mic. It's too close to my too close to my head. To the mush. Right, well, do you want me to uh, do you want me to open? Do you want to open? Yeah, yeah, sure. You open. You, you just come and brew your coffee and multitask if you want. Okay, good with that. Um, can you hear my coffee being brewed? Can you actually hear that? Uh, not, not particularly. Maybe slightly. It just adds to the, um, it adds to the effect of the. I don't know. Adds to the effect of something. Right. So, um, hello, uh, welcome back to uh, the Shake Out Pod. I'm currently half involved in conversation because I'm, I'm trying to make coffee. But, um, sorry for the lack of, of Shake Out podcast in the last couple of weeks. I've had. A load of um, sort of sort of family stuff going on, which has prevented me from being useful. Um, so me and Alfie are back back to normal now, doing doing all the stuff that we were before, kind of thing. Um, so so yeah, hello Alfie. How you doing? You all right? Don't know why I always say how you doing because we've literally just been speaking for the last half an hour. On yeah, you just pressed. You just press record on the podcast, trying to act like you haven't been speaking to me, lying to the listeners. I apologise for that. Uh, yeah, so obviously first shake up pod since before Monaco. Actually, it's been quite a while. I didn't realise. So when Joe, when you get in the routine of uploading podcasts every week, you don't actually realise when you drop out of it how many you've actually missed. Um, it's quite strange to look back on our analytics from last month, and it's just weird that we've. We've only uploaded a few podcasts in comparison to the rest of the months, but we're back in the ground. I really dislike the graphs because it's literally just like a massive downward from when we like, like we had our first like peak of just doing loads and loads of podcasts. Um, it's kind of annoying to see, but obviously we'll, uh, well, this, this will be our second this week. Well, technically, yeah. You've, well, you've done one with Crawford, um, Ben and... And Emma Cover and Rachel MacArthur and Cooper Tier and Everett. So, is a, way to clickbait a podcast. You miss a uh, you miss an amazing podcast there. No, it wasn't clickbait. Cooper was in it. Everett was in it. Uh, Rachel and Emily were. So, it wasn't clickbait. It was, it was real. It all happened. So it did all happen. It did all happen. Um, I was talking to Everett last night, and he and he said he's moving to the UK because he's sick of America's shit, and I completely understand that. So Everett, open arms. Get yourself over here, mate. To be honest, uh, the stuff that's going on there is just absolutely crazy. Like I thought, you thought you'd sort of seen the last of it, and then it's all 
kicked off again, hasn't it? Rightfully so, to be fair, like as in the reaction. But it's just it seems like it's going to be a constant, constant cycle of just absolute mayhem in the US at the minute. Until things are changed, I think. Um, I think yeah. I mean, did you see the the video last night of the dude um, who like shot two people and then just walked towards the police and they literally just let him go? Um, yeah. I've been seeing I've been seeing so many videos on my feed where it's like it's just absolutely ridiculous some of the things what happen. And being in it, the UK, like I phys- I, I I struggle to process like half of it because it's just um to think obviously in the UK we still have like quite a, a, a long way to go with it with a lot of different things, but I mean like the shootings and stuff like that, it just just I can't really compute it. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's, it's a testing testing time isn't it and there's yeah. so many things that need to be corrected in that country and if anyone listening doesn't agree with that then please uh, in the politest way possible stop listening to this podcast right now um that'd be much greatly appreciated um but hopefully everyone listening sort of understands the problem and knows that something needs to change yeah exactly and it, it's one of those things where it's like we i i I've never needed to be educated to like treat people equally and um, no matter gender, um, ethnicity, you know, sexuality, whatever you, you don't, I, I think it, you know, it should be human nature. Obviously it's a lot to do with nurturing how people, uh, how people treat others. But for me, I kind of find it crazy when, when people, especially now, because we, we are taught, uh, in a certain way, um, you know, schools are pretty liberal, like, I, I kind of find it crazy that people aren't, you know, aren't treating each other equally regardless anyway. I think our generation hopefully will be the generation that actually moves things forward rather than having it in this stagnated way that we're left in at the moment. But um, but anyway, that's that's politics. Um, yeah, I feel like we could do a podcast on that. Maybe we get some people on, talk about it, who obviously have a better understanding and sort of experience than us there. Uh, so we'll probably do a podcast on that separately. Um, we'll yeah. Get some guys on there to talk about some things. A little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Monaco was, was I mean, say Monaco, we, we st- we, so we initially had an Airbnb booked for, um, was it in like Etsy or I think it's pronounced Etsy. Yeah, it, it's it's where all the big yachts ended up being parked, wasn't it? Like in that, on the trains. Yeah, in between Nice That's and cool. Monaco pretty much. Yeah. So on the Côte d'Azur, and we had a really nice Airbnb that like looked over to the sea and stuff. Uh, when did that get cancelled? Was it like the morning of our flight or the night before our flight? I believe it was the night before, or maybe, yeah, the night before, or two nights before, possibly. Um, but we booked it, obviously, very short notice, and we were, we felt very lucky to actually find somewhere to to get. And then you got an email the next morning, and we basically... Apparently, the one we the one we booked was actually, even though it was advertised for four adults, apparently, it was two adults and two children who could go. So we basically got rejected, uh, very very short notice, which left us sort of in a sticky situation, to say the least. Uh, we managed to pull it out of the bag and get some mediocre. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the right word is very mediocre hotel rooms uh, next to Nice Airport, which if very anyone, handy location though. Very handy location, very near the train, very near the metro, a bit outside of Nice. If anyone doesn't know, Nice is basically 
like a 25 minute train journey from um, from Monaco. So very close by. Again, very mediocre. Not many people would have. I don't know. It wasn't exactly luxury living, was it? We didn't even have a kettle. Uh, we just had a kettle <laughs> stand. <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't even have a kettle. <laughs> So we tried complaining about that and we just got told we weren't supposed to have one. But then Rory, who was the, literally the opposite room to us, had a kettle. And also we had the stuff to use in a kettle. We had like tea and coffee and stuff. So don't really understand what went, went <laughs> When on you there. went down to reception, you were like, oh, um, we haven't got a kettle. The guy was like, yeah, and what? And then you're like, well, please, can we have one? And he was just straight up like, nah, <laughs> you can't have a kettle, mate. <laughs> I'm hoping some of it was lost in translation issues because... I don't know. I can't imagine a hotel with a kettle stand and stuff to make teas and coffee with wouldn't let you have a kettle. Um, it was a strange one. And then also cleaners actually I was just jumped out of the shower and a cleaner walked in. No knocking. I was just walking out of the shower. A cleaner was just like... Start naked. Start naked, bless him. Yeah, so interesting experience, the hotel sort of thing. But I think overall, the whole trip was, I'm going to classify as a great success. Um success if you just want to, if you want to sort of talk through your like experience of the whole trip and then also i'll try and add in some little bits and bobs here and there um yeah so i mean for obviously for me and alfie it was quite a big step up because we wanted to go out there for you know for tracks there as as an account as a whatever you want to call it uh, because that's what that's what that's where we want to move to in the future we want to be able to cover these events we want to be able to and not put up paywalls for you guys and we want to provide you with the information as it comes uh we were lucky enough to have access to a lot of the media um for the diamond league because they weren't actually issuing media passes for that event but they were doing essentially online media passes which meant we could access all the information as it came out live results all that sort of stuff um but yeah in, in terms of like it as a whole, me and Alfie were putting in quite a lot of work for Trackster before that, so it was really nice for us to get away, definitely. And um, as much as it was kind of the night of Monaco, you know, we were trying to keep up with everything, it was still, still a really nice nice time away for me and Alfie to have a romantic trip together. A romantic trip? I'd say it's very professional, Rory. Uh, we actually did a few sessions really out there as well. We actually did a few we sessions did. out there. And I'm just going to say right now, Roy had an advantage over me because he had streak LTs and I only had um, heavier shoes. So if you want, Roy, you could talk us through the session we did. It seems though it was your session, but I just tagged along. If you want to talk us through the session we did out there on the lovely cycle path of Nice Beach, I'm going to call it. Yeah, I guess that's what it's called. Yeah, it was... Uh... Well, we did, I think the first one was the speed session um, and we did, what was it, 5 by 400, 2 by, no, 4 by 400, 2 by 200? Yeah, 4 by 4, 2 by 2, I think it was. And then a mile tempo before just to get warmed up. That, that, yeah, so we, so we, wow, the weather must have been like, what, 30 degrees? Yeah, it? probably. It was warm. It was warm. Uh, I was in Streak LTs, you were in Sockney and Dorfy. Yeah, Sockney and Dorfy Speed, yeah. Um, which Alfie claims made a difference. Um, yeah, yeah, they're heavy, they're heavy. It's not made for speed. Okay, okay. So we so we bashed out, well, we were feeling, we weren't feeling necessarily sluggish, we just wanted like a mile to warm up. So we kind of, we hopped on a mile warm up, we wanted like 5.20-ish. We, we went out at like 4.50 pace, just 
feeling weirdly good. Slowed it down. I think we ended up running like 502, 503, something like that. Um, it was, just felt really comfy. Uh, the recoveries were two and a half minutes. I yes, say. Yeah, two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. And we were averaging about 54, 55 for the 400s. Um, Garmin 400s. It was in a straight line. So if anyone wants to cry about it, um, at us in the comments of a post or whatever. Um, but yeah, so we did five by 400 in sort of 54, 55s. Uh, and then the two 200s in about 25-ish. I think there's 25s. I've, I've... Might be twenty four nine on the last one. I'm I'm gonna say it's twenty four nine. Twenty four nine nine. Yeah, we did that twenty five on the last one, and then um, and that that was the first session that we did, and then we literally just hopped in the city afterwards, and it was beautiful. Like, there's no better way to finish a session than like absolutely dying in the heat, jumping into the sea, and then falling asleep on the beach. It was, Alfie. I'm I'm feeling depressed actually thinking about it. it it's raining here. The weather's depressing. And I'd rather be, I'd rather be back there, to be honest with you. I, I think I'm in the same boat there. It was, I think, to be honest, the first day we were there, two days, it was very much a holiday. Like, obviously, we yeah. trained, and also we had to upload a Zach Levitt and Bashir podcast, um, true. which didn't take that long. But with the hotel Wi-Fi, it took a bit longer than we wanted. Um, mm. But I think the, you forget how surreal the actual experience was, because we only went for four days or five days. But yeah. Thursday like Friday onwards, sorry, was probably one of the most surreal experiences of my entire life. Like yeah. going to the stadium and just seeing all these athletes and then obviously seeing the world record of the 5K, which is probably one of the most prestigious records like out there. I just, looking back at it, I'm sort of like in awe that we actually did it like spontaneously as well. Like we were just like, we need to go out there. And it's a good job we did because obviously we spoke to Craig, got a picture with Craig, uh, yeah. spoke to so many athletes who, in fact, you know what? Watch the Monaco vlog. In fact, no, no, I'm not going to sell out. I'm not going to sell out like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, on that day, obviously, we spoke to Carsten Walholm, Craig Engels, had a photo with Craig and Carsten, Paul Radcliffe, Steve Cram, Seb Coe. Um, oh, but there's definitely... Laura Waitman. Laura Waitman, yeah, of course. I can't miss out Laura. Um, oh, that Italian fan. Those two Italian fans who we, who we. <laughs> no, there was we lit we we wrote, we got to Monaco and there was like a big group of uh, like lads in front of us, obviously from Italy, and they were kind of looking back and obviously we just thought like oh they've seen, they've seen someone or whatever, weren't, um, and they were just like looking for their mate and then afterwards the same group came out and asked if we ran Trackster, and that has been the most surreal moment of Trackster since. Craig Engels well, podcast. Since, <laughs> since yeah. the Engels podcast. Yeah, no, it, it was it was crazy because it was like we've only we, we literally uploaded like a video, maybe two, uh, of actual faces in. So it yeah. was kind of it was kind of mad actually having people recognise us for very little content. And if you're listening, by the way, guys, uh, DM us on Instagram because we actually we obviously put the story of Laura Waitman and you on our story, but we know I don't think we've actually heard back from you since. I'm not sure if it's like lost in the requests, but. DM us again and we'll we'll um, find it. We need to get better at going through the requests. It's 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 we're in like the thousands of messages. What we we obviously try to apply to as many as possible, but we have like I think like over a thousand to apply to now, um, which is getting kind of mad. Yeah, yeah. but we'll we'll hit out a massive uh, couple of hours session, uh, replying to all the DMs and stuff. 
because there's some hidden there's some hidden gems in there like there is one i mean there was the there was a photographer like a crazy photographer um based in europe who just had some like unbelievable photos who i think you were trying to find for ages um yeah because we really wanted to use some of his photos and then and then eventually he popped back up again and we uh we found him yeah i was very lucky actually because I, I was trying to reply to his DM he sent asking if he wanted to use his photos and I accidentally deleted it. <laughs> and I was, I, I looked at his page and all I saw was like the best photo of Jakob and Cherry I've ever seen in my life. So I was like looking on his page. I was like, I just spent hours trying to find him and thank God we did. Um, I can't, I can't actually pronounce his name, but we'll share it. We'll definitely share another photo of his very soon. So just stay tuned for that. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, creating a good a good network of photographers. There's so many in in the running world at the moment, you know, like um like Coop, Coop's run, um Oofnoof, um White. Yeah man, there's just so so many at the moment. We were lucky enough to get copyright free photos from the Diamond League the night of um Chet guys will record the first photo that actually got released of Chet the guy the first official photo is the one on our Instagram uh it was really cool that we had access to that like so quick because for us obviously running a page that th there's a lot of distance running on it there's a lot of middle distance I think we will try and cater to you know a lot of different um different areas of the sport in the future because we want everyone to feel included but um but for us, seeing the 5K world record, we are distance runners. We are like, we're runners. So seeing the 5K world record was just absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that like, dude looked like he jogged it, looked like he's got a sub 12 30 in him. Like, yeah, I'm not sure if it looked different, obviously from the stadium on, on the telly, but from being in the stands, like we were close to the track. We were like on the first row, literally no one was in the way of us and Chep's guy on the track. He did look like he was jogging. Yeah. For pretty much the whole of the race. I, I, you can obviously tell us on the video as well when he's coming down the home straight. He's not he's barely even breathing heavy. Ridiculous. And then you see Dude like stopped his watch. Dude stopped his watch. You see forty seconds later Jimmy Gressy across the line, who's he literally flies to the floor in pain. It just doesn't make yeah. sense how someone can run twelve thirty five and then just carry on walking and just jog and laugh and stop his watch and put it on Strava, which he has done. Um which I found ridiculous. Um mm. But it just doesn't make sense to me how he literally jogged. It, the 10K world record is going to go. I'm going to make a very, very, very bold claim here, but I think he could potentially get the 3K world record. Mm. Um, if he does get that, I think he's going to go down as probably, by the end of his career, probably the greatest of all time. Yeah. The way it's going. And he, and he can probably back it. Hopefully the Olympics goes ahead next year and he'll get the 5 and 10 double. Mm. Well, I'd, I don't want to, I don't want that to happen because I want Jakob to get five k gold. But it's it, it's probably likely Chepska will get the five and ten k double. I can't see anyone beating him at the minute. Um, Where's Braga at the moment? Braga's just like disappeared off the face of the earth. I don't know. Probably going out clubbing and stuff, Rory, like you, <laughs> like he was yeah. at World Cross. Is that right? Was Actually, that yeah, yeah, Braga at the after party at World Cross. He was. Uh, he was doing some mad dancing in the middle of a mosh pit um, momentarily, and then him and him and uh, oh, I've forgotten who he was with. Um, but yeah, Rodrigo. Uh, who was his relay partner? Who was the other guy in the relay? Oh, I, I couldn't tell you that. I don't know. 
I, I don't think Gajelcha was there. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Gajelcha. No, it wasn't Gajelcha. I'm not sure. But yeah, so he, he was he was momentarily in the after party and then he left, um, which was a shame. Uh, once again, you know, Inga Britsons weren't at that after party. Really disappointing. They had they probably had a tempo run to do after the race, to be fair. Oh, that's another thing for Monaco. Obviously, from the stands, we can look out onto the warm-up field. And as we were leaving, probably two and a half hours after Ingebrigtsen's race, or two hours after Ingebrigtsen's race, him and Philip, Jakob and Philip, were doing a it, what looked like a tempo session around the grass, as well as Sifan Hassan, who actually pulled out. She was also doing a session. Um, Very interesting, that, wasn't it? it was um, Because if, if, if you're able to do a session after your race, then why could you not finish the race kind of thing? Uh, obviously, there's... People have certain conditions in their contracts and whatever. I don't know whether that had any part to play in her in her just showing up for the race, but um, but I'm yeah, really interesting seeing her do a workout. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm guessing that's the case. She didn't look too comfortable, to be honest, in the race. I was I was noticing that from quite early on. She didn't look like she was um, enjoying herself that much. She didn't look as strong as a Beery, Gidai, or Laura Waitman. Uh, and obviously, most of the time, you'd think Hassan would be the easiest out of them um but just don't know she just didn't look good um she's going for the one hour world record next week though so potentially could get near that i don't really know the women's record um, um track world record i'd just like to track say now world. i don't think mo farrow will beat harley gabbis less's world record i can't see it happening uh i'd like to know everyone else's opinion on that i just it's it's very quick <laughs> And it's highly Gary Slassy. And Mo Farah doesn't how have. Far, how far did he cover in an hour? He covered like a half marathon and then like 400 meters, I think, something like that. So, like, Ooh. he was doing like 58 something for half or 59 and then carried on. I just don't think Mo's got that in his locker, to be honest. Yeah, 13.226 miles. Yes, yeah. so I say, wow, that's going to be be interesting. Has Mo got paces or anything? Yeah, he'll have paces, but I think his training partner Abdi's, um, is it Bashir Abdi? Uh, he's also going for the world record, I believe. So I'm guessing he's going to be there for a lot of the race. Um, interesting to see what shoes he wears because he can't wear the next percents. I don't, he, obviously, the Nike, I want to say Hyperfly, isn't actually out yet, which is the flat, like the small. Is that the one that Centro has been wearing? Yeah, it's one what Centro has been teasing us with lately. Um, mm. So I'm guessing he's going to wear the dragonflies, but I can't see that being very nice to run an hour in spikes. So a streak? In my, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what's he going to so run? I mean, I'm assuming that, I mean, Mo may have a prototype with a carbon plate that had a lower drop anyway. Can't wear them. They have to be. Um, oh, God, yeah, they have to be, actually be commercial, don't they? Yeah, so I'm guessing, I don't know, the, the, there's lots of people behind Mo Farah and lots of people behind Nike who will somehow find a way to get him the best shoe, obviously. So I guess it's up for discussion, but he will definitely be equipped with the best possible shoe he could wear on the day, I'm sure of that. Um, I'd also just quickly like to say, while we're on the world records thing, and talking back to Chaps Guy a second, if he wanted to, Chaps Guy could absolutely walk that one-hour world record. Um by the looks of things, because obviously he's got the 15k world record, uh, had the 10k world record on the road. So yeah, Chep's guy, whenever he wants to get that one hour world record, if Mo does beat, beat it, he'll literally just walk on and probably 
do a tempo around for an hour and break it. He's that good. Yeah. But it just reminded me of Cheptegei. Joe, when I raced in Spain, um, yeah. Cheptegei actually was in the same... We had like cabins, not cabins, shipping containers where we left our stuff. And it was Cheptegei mm. um, and then Borrego was in there as well and Kipruto and all these guys. And Cheptegei, I believe, was actually the one who stood on my spike bag. Um, it was either Chepsi or Borrego, I can never remember, but we're in a changing room together and we're just next to each other. And I just find it crazy that we had the same spike bag, but he basically thought um, his, my spike bag was his. So he ended up standing on my spike bag. So that's my claim to fame. Is he is also your dad though, isn't he? Yeah, that is true. He is my dad, yeah. Um, if no one didn't know, Joshua Chepsi guy, 23 years of all age, is my dad. Incredible, incredible. Really? It was a beautiful moment to see you guys within meters at, uh, at Monaco as well. And uh, speaking of Monaco, me and Alfie are going to do Monaco 5K next year on the road. Um, that's that's going down on, on business, um, in the business accounts. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to go out there and cover that next year because you never know, check the guy might go back and break the 5K road record again. Yeah, 100%. It's a tough record to beat, actually, to be fair. Uh, 12.51 on that Monaco course, because it's not flat. It's really not flat. Right. Yeah, we, so we, obviously, we were like walking through Monaco and stuff, having a look around, and um, we, were, we wanted to have a look at the course. Like, we wanted to watch, so we watched it on YouTube, and we'd walked around Monaco, so we had an idea of where this course went from the video, and like, what, the first half mile? It's like just straight uphill. Yeah. And then oh, the nice. next part. Yeah, exactly. And then the next part's like undulating anyway. I don't know. Obviously, you know, what, what goes up must come down. And that must have been a beautiful downhill finish, but like still. Yeah, it doesn't make really much sense. Um, I'm guessing it is a fast course if you can run 1251 though. It's the same with the F1. I don't have a clue how Formula One cars can go through those streets. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's just dangerous. It's just a crazy place. Monaco is a crazy place, anyway. Um, yeah, it's definitely. I'm glad we went to cross it off the bucket list because it was just amazing. Like the, the the way the mountains are just next to you, like you're at sea level, and then there's mountains at three thousand feet, like literally like a mile away from you. It's it's, it's, it's like the, the city's just in its own area, though. It's like the mountains. It, it's like the city slopes down almost into the sea because you just kind of look down and down and down and then the city becomes what it is. And it's such, it's such a cool place. I'd, uh, I'd recommend it to anyone who's thinking about going. Um, and we would have been at the next diamond league. Um, but we, but we can't make that one as, um, I, I start uni and I'm racing that week. Uh, but we're It's looking like we're going to be at London marathon though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. London marathon's looking likely, which potentially best greatest marathon in history. It's, it's on the cards. Maybe yeah. it's not going to be the fastest marathon in history. I'm not sure of the course. I don't think they're going for the actual London marathon course, are they? I'm not entirely sure if that's completely false and I might just be making it up here. But I think I read somewhere that it might not be the actual course. It so would kind of make sense because I don't know, how are they expecting like spectators to work, just like sort of be on the streets but wear a mask, I'm guessing? I don't know because it's hard to control spectators for 26.2 miles. So I'm, I'm guessing it's a loop somewhere. Um, which in that sense, it might be one of the fastest marathons because obviously London's not 
by any means the fastest course, but potentially could see a world record. I don't think we'll see sub two in an actual race. I can't imagine no. that happens. No. It, I mean, it depends. Um, if, you know, if, if the loop is relatively flat and if there's reliable paces, then they, they might get close. But, like, I don't really know where you can do loops of London. Because um, I doubt they kind of want to shut down the city at the moment either, which is a bit of a, bit of a tricky one. Um, no, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, we can get if if it is in loops, it's going to be good for us to cover as well. Yeah, it'd be lovely if it's in loops. I'm guessing maybe a smaller loops towards the Mall area um, near Buckingham Palace, or potentially round Hyde Park, or potentially like Hyde Park and Buckingham Palace sort of area. Maybe um, half the time that's closed off anyway, isn't it? The Buckingham Palace roundabout. So yeah. that could happen. Uh, it'll be great to watch. Obviously, I, I need to do a bit more research. I'm guessing the actual course is probably already online somewhere. Um, but while we're sort of on the subject of future plans, what uh, race are you doing this weekend? Do you want to sort of get into detail on that? Oh, yeah. Um, so I've got a 3K in Lee Valley, which is kind of London way, which is an absolute trek for me to get to because I live on the other side of the country. But um, yeah, I've got a 3K. It sounds it sounds pretty stacked. There's a few people going for sub eight uh, who've put down like 757. Uh, I know Robbie Fitzgibbon's going, who's, who's an Nike pro, trains down in Brighton. Um, Henry's going, Henry McClucky's going, um, 814 PB, under 20. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've heard that there's plenty of people in the 3K. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if, can we have 12 in a 3K now or is it still limited to six? I don't know at this point. <laughs> I've seen yeah. there seems to be different things. Like I don't really understand the whole rules. Obviously, yeah. we saw we had podium five k go ahead where there was plenty of runners. All um, yeah. Well, all, annoyingly, his license has been taken away from him for future events, which is which is really annoying. But yeah, I got a three k in Lee Valley this weekend. Hopefully, going to shoot for around you know eight oh five ish. Some, somewhere around there uh it's one of those things where i've just been I've, I've put in like a solid nine week block haven't done any crazy speed work or like any crazy amount of speed work but um hopefully it's going to put together those those nine weeks and open up might be a little bit a little bit rusty but you gotta gotta learn to hurt again so i'm, I'm looking looking forward to actually getting back racing i've been so bored yeah i think i'm pacemaking someone on saturday um, not racing, but it's it's just a three k time trial. No, sorry, five k time trial. I'm only taking them through like three k in nine minutes or whatever. So I'll probably just do it all. Like I think they want to shoot for just outside of fifteen. So I'll probably probably just take them all the way around. But yeah, just be nice to sort of get a semi hard effort in. You know, because <laughs> we haven't really had any hard efforts whatsoever. So it'd be nice to sort of literally in the whole lockdown, I've done a five a six k what was semi hard. And I've also done a 15k, which was absolutely brutal. But you can't really 15k hard is a bit different to a 5k hard because it's more just endurance based. Which, if anyone's out there listening, never do a 15k. It is possibly the worst experience of my entire running career. I thought I was going to die after about 7k. So it was lovely doing that second half of the race in like 25 degree heat and feeling like I'm going to collapse and I know people are listening from America or anywhere else and thinking 25 degrees isn't that much but in the UK it is so 
leave it out. 25 degrees is basically 40 degrees elsewhere. And that's Celsius, by the way. I'm not sure what 25 degrees is in Fahrenheit. It's like 80, 70, something like that. Yeah, probably rookie numbers for the for the US, but uh, but we we aren't used to. That's like what, when we were in like Nice and Monaco, I was dying. Like, I mean, I I burnt pretty dramatically, but then it turned into a tan fairly quickly, which was okay. Slowly leaving my body, but but yeah. Um, wait, how far is fifteen k nine miles? Nine point four. Ouch. Ouch. Wait, I don't know what it is actually. Yeah, f- so nine miles is 14.7 or 14.6. Mm. So it's 9.2, I think. I'm, I'm not going to tell you my time because <laughs> I sort of very struggled. I set off feeling, oh, this is nice. I think it went through 3K in like 9.10, went through 5K in like 15.40. And then I was like, I probably should slow down. Because I've never done a 15k before. I went for 10k at like 31, 31.30. And I was like, ah, okay. This is going to be interesting. And I think my last 5k was in 16, 16.40 or something. Big ouch. So you can, you can probably guess what time I ran uh, by doing the maths there. But I, I, I died of death, to say the least. It wasn't nice. Bless you. Bless you. Well, I think that's... Pretty much everything's covering in this shakeout pod. Um, but yeah, we're back, back on the regular podcast now. We'll have a guest this weekend um, who we're not revealing yet. Um, because we don't know who it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't want to say it like that, but <laughs> we've been outed. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to, we're reliable. We get decent guests. So we'll, we'll get, we'll get another guest on for this weekend. And um and Watch yeah, we'll, we'll we're going to come with the craziest guest ever now. I'm, in fact, I'm determined now we're going to get an absolute crazy guest for the weekend. Who want, we want Rubis. We want Rubis. <laughs> he, he has been asking to be on the pod, and I do want to get him on soon. So, um, so you know, we'll find out soon. Um, so, shout out, shout out, Rubis. In fact, um, no, I'm going to say it now. Sorry, Rubis. Sunday, Matthew Centric's podcast. S- stay tuned. We'll, uh... Did you just DM Centro? <laughs> No, but we'll, it's fine. It's Matthew Centric's podcast on Sunday, all right, guys? Okay. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's fine. We'll, we'll, get a, we'll get a podcast with Centric by Sunday. Or we could get, like, we could just have a technicality where, like, <laughs> Centric sends a voice note and we'll just use him for clickbait. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. I'm leaving that fit in. No, I'm not. No. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. We'll... we'll I'm going to DM him now, actually, to be honest.